Hey, Mac. Hello. Hey, this is Philip. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, can you hear everything all right? Uh, everything is, yeah, good, good quality audio. Everything's tip top. Perfect. Well, I mean, thank you so much uh, for joining, Mac. Um, pleasure to have you as my, as a guest. <laughs> um, again, you know, um, I think we'll, we'll, you know, talk about clothing and, and maybe a bit about yourself and what you do. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, just try to, I guess, educate and, and share some knowledge of kind of what goes on behind the scenes in, in the clothing fashion industry and, you know, maybe get your thoughts um, if we have time on, on what's going on. But uh, like you mentioned, we may do a couple of different sessions. So um, we can always talk about one thing today and, and save some things for, for the future. But, um, you know, I think maybe first you can just kind of uh, tell the listeners uh, who you are and, and what are you doing right now? Um. All right. Uh, well, uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, hi, guys. Uh, my name is Matt Gutowski. Uh I am 24. I'm from New York, but I'm originally Polish. Um, and I work in the menswear industry. Um, currently working as a, a customer service slash social media consultant at Hurtling USA. It's a trouser brand. Um, and, and in general, I would say that my side hustle or passion, whatever we may call it, is uh, classic tailoring and handmade tailoring. Nice. And, and I'm sorry I put you on the spot. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I oh, only... It's okay. To, to, okay. to, to be honest, I've only met you um, uh, once before, and we just had a quick chat, so... I figured you'd probably do a, a better introduction than than I would, so I appreciate that. And, and I like how you kept it brief. These, are, these are always these are always tough. I'd say it's it's really tough to sort of you know put your put put everything you do in a perspective and in, in like in a matter of a couple of sentences. So I, I'm, not, say, I'm not I'm yeah. not greatest at it, but but uh, hopefully I'm I'm improving. <laughs> no, well, well, I I mean I I like to think that. You actually had really good elevator. Like that was a really good elevator pitch. I, I don't know, ten seconds that you just said everything, and, and that was great. And, and you know, I know you said English maybe is your second language, and that's a limitation. But I think that's actually a, a good thing when you know you just don't know, you know, all the words, or, or you don't want to ramble on, and, and you just kind of keep it short and simple. So to me, that that was a plus. That was excellent right there. Um, right. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So. so um, I mean, you're the first person um, from Hurtling uh, to be a guest on the show. And I, I know Justin, who um, runs the shop. But I mean, do, do you want to mm -hmm. give a quick background on, on Hurtling? And I mean, I don't know. How long have you been there? Maybe um, maybe that's the first thing. So, so yeah. So I've started with Hurtling uh, this uh, February, I believe it was. I met I met Justin, Justin Christensen, uh, who is the CEO. Uh, great guy. And... Uh, We've actually it was a, it was a sort of a chance encounter. We bumped into each other at a fabric store that I used to work at uh, called Tip Top Fabrics in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. I don't know if you've ever visited, but it, it is a very interesting place. It's sort of off the beaten path because it's not located in the city. It's in Greenpoint, um, and and I've never heard about the place before. And that's sort of where my entire adventure in New York uh, in, in fashion or menswear uh, started uh, because I came here uh, with a green card. My family was, was I, I do have some family over here. Uh, I have my aunt, I have my grandmother, but my close family was trying to, uh, to get the green card for, for a couple of years. It, it took about 10 or 12 years uh, uh, to get the entire process done, and I was in in the meantime, I was visiting for uh, summer vacation. Um, so during that two month period uh, in I believe 2017 or 2018, uh, I was looking for work for summer, and I found this ad uh, that uh, there's some uh, they're looking for some help in a fabric store. And you know what? Quite quite frankly, I thought it would be like some tiny. Uh, weird place with some <laughs> tablecloths and stuff like that. And I went there and it turned out to be pretty much the biggest uh, fabric store 
that has menswear fabrics, you know, suiting, overcoating, all the all the great brands such as Laura Piana, Dorme, um, Harrison's, well, you name it, they they had it, and it's a it's a really it's a really big space, and and I used to work there for uh, for a while, and that's pretty much that was a great sort of foot in the door or a stepping stone uh, to sort of you know get to know the people because everybody who's in the business at some point especially in menswear at some point you know heard about the store and and either is the, the tip top is a supplier to them or or they just wanted to check out what kind of fabrics what kind of cuts uh uh the, the store had so so it was a great opportunity to, to sort of meet people from the industry and that's how i met justin we, we bumped into each other and justin shared that you know he was looking for some for for help uh, relating to either e-commerce or or customer service or production, he just he, he was running a one-man show over there, hurling, and then you know he was doing better and better. So he just needed uh, people on board. Uh, so that's pretty much how it started. Oh well, I mean the thing is, I've known Justin for so long, and you know I I don't know. I mean I'm sure he's told you because you're kind of filled the position that he desperately needed for so many years. Every time uh-huh. I saw him, he was just, you know, swamped. He was, like, on the computer and always had to get back onto the computer and do things. And it was just like, man, shouldn't you get somebody? Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. And I'm so glad he finally, you know, got you. Got someone who can uh, do a lot of the things that um, need to be done. And, and I'm just giving, like, that second pair of hands because I think he was outside of um, – well, I mean, really, he was the only person, I think, that was um, – you know, doing all the business side of Hurtling, from from my understanding. Yeah. But, um, no. it, it totally just like crazy how he was just doing everything. Uh, I, I thought that was wild. And so I mean, glad. listen, I I agree. I totally agree because I mean, looking at him, looking at the amount of work right when I joined, the amount of stuff that needed to be improved, that that needed to run a little smoother, and and just the general scope of the operation it's insane that he was able to do it for so long. And I mean, the, the man is like a machine sometimes and, and, and it, it's just incredible. I think it's like his driven and the passion he has for the business. Cause uh, I don't know the, the entire story. I feel like I know bits and pieces here and there from our conversations, but, but a heritage brand that was primarily a wholesale brand and, was established, I think, in 1925, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he, he's trying to sort of get those guys to the next level to sort of switch to retail and to and to build a brand that was sort of there but never really in a retail sense. It it, it wasn't like a modern operation. It was it was mostly a wholesale operation, a very kind of old-fashioned, you know, truly truly new york kind of a trouser factory and garment factory something you don't really see much of these days definitely i 100 percent agree with your description and i guess for for the audience if you aren't aware of hurtling like max said i mean i established 1925 um i actually worked with julie hurtling um before he he passed so but that was before justin and boy it was just like real old school uh like <laughs> It, like just like zero internet presence like it was kind of a word of mouth i mean yeah i guess by you know by like the time i was uh, working with them maybe like 2014 yes they were kind of a big um, brand name if you went on the internet forums or, or menswear um, blogs or, or whatnot but it, uh-huh. it, it was just you know kind of like no web presence uh just you know just folks working in a factory making pants for uh other clients who've probably been around decades as well and just you know kind of stuck with them as one of like the few u.s uh, manufacturers of, of trousers and just like very like i remember they were using extremely old computers at the um old factory and it was um they had an accountant named ernie which uh i mean he 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 was quite old uh <laughs> i don't know how long he'd been working with hurtling but it was super old and like typing with you know two fingers on a very old keyboard and and computer, right. just like su- super old. And like actually, he was writing a lot too. Um, it was a lot done on paper. It was just you know crazy um, old school, which it's 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 fun. It's, I think um, it, it's just like you don't expect to to see that in kind of a 
don't know, like a menswear, which is kind of, I don't know, sort of forward thinking, I guess, a term mm-hmm. of, of clothing and uh, just, just wild. So I, I, I kind of digressed, but um, Hurtling being, is just a, a, you know, one of the few trouser manufacturers, um, especially one of the few, I think of it in the New York and um, been around a while made for brands like, um, uh, uh, well, I think, yeah, Paul Stewart and Paul and, and just, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of big, or big and I guess small, um, like men's, uh, stores. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very much an insider kind of, yeah. kind of business, like a very New York thing. If you know about it, you know, you know about it. If yeah. you know, you know that, that sort of thing. But, uh, other than that, like you said, no, not much internet presence or no internet presence at all, unless it's like Reddit and comments and sort of forums, menswear forums, um, so yeah, it it is it is an interesting thing to see because uh I mean it's a completely different idea from from how menswear and fashion are operated right now, especially especially uh in those days, uh I mean in these days uh during COVID where everybody is sort of looking ahead towards e-commerce and and even made to measure businesses are trying to sort of change their direction towards uh and put more emphasis on e-commerce. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, maybe we can talk a little bit about kind of what your mm-hmm. day-to-day activities are. Because I, I know, um, as you mentioned, they, they kind of did wholesale to other brands, didn't really sell them to their own name. But Justin has kind of kind of, uh, kind of of tried to build up that Hurtling brand. And I see you can buy stuff on their website. They have you no know, Instagram now. And, you know, um, I guess ways to sell a different channel to sell clothes. Um, so... Uh, maybe I mean you want to talk about a little bit about what you what you do as a um, customer service social media consultant mm-hmm. for for them. Right. So uh, so Philip, the the main um, the main challenge we we face at Hurtling right now, so to speak, is uh, how to successfully transfer a wholesale business and move it shift our focus towards you know developing a an e-commerce business with with a brand at the center that's hurtling and we also have a sub brand that is called brooklyn bridges that uh, we launched around the time i joined and and this is a subdivision of hurtling that's that's focused on uh workwear style clothing so we have chinos we have uh heavier fabrics we have more casual sort of silhouettes um but uh but essentially uh yeah essentially that's the main challenge how to how to transfer a business that is uh still very much uh paper oriented and sort of you know deeply deeply embedded in that like almost decade well pretty much decades old tradition of doing it that way uh to to a modern sort of company uh, which you know is has has people like me um, uh, doing doing uh, yeah, pretty like, much pretty much. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was I was interrupting. That was my fault. Go, go ahead. Continue. No, I kind of kind of got stuck there looking for the right. Oh, word. oh okay. Well, uh, well, I I think um, what <laughs> <laughs> I well I what I was thinking was you know before you had customers who dealt with Hurtling for ages and, and just may, maybe didn't necessarily need so much assistance or, or help. But now you're getting individual, um, uh, well, cu- customers as in like brands. And now you're getting individual people um, who, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, they probably know what it's like to buy online, but it may be a little different at Hurtling. And you know, they may have questions about sizing and, and measurements or returns and all that, stuff, which would be new, I think, for Hurtling to, to, to deal with. And maybe that's, you know, um, exactly. Exactly. I mean, listen. That's a perfect way to put it. That's a, a, absolutely a, a perfect way to put it. It's it's just the dynamic is shifting. You know, it, 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 e-commerce is a very competitive business these days. I mean, it's easier to establish a clothing brand now more than ever, and the quality of customer service and the content that's being put out to social media in terms of marketing, in terms of shooting the products. It's it's at an insane level, and Hurtling is you know for 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 years Hurtling didn't really have to pay attention to any of that because we were uh, wholesale focused even before I I came on board, so so it's just a transition that we have to make and 
and I think we're doing a great job. It's taking a little bit of time. We had some obvious difficulties because of, you know, because of 2020 and the way this year has been uh, with COVID and, and, and uh, with various other challenges. Um, but I think we're coming out strong and, and we rolled out new, new products um, and we had tremendous interest and, and we have great customer base. Uh, that absolutely love our product. Uh, they're incredibly supportive and incredibly patient, and they understand that you know this transition is not the easiest, but we're doing our best. So, you know, I would like to use this opportunity to thank those guys because they've been showing us an enormous amount of support. Yeah, also, and I mean, even even for me, I'm, I I would like to be one of those brands that that works with Herlian, and it's been a huge um, process, but. I, I'm so thankful for Justin and and Anthony and all. I mean, even Julie and Joe who um, were were there before. Just super supportive of even helping like local, I guess, uh, brands or designers trying to to create their products. And I've seen like a, um, a lot of what seem to be like new designers um, trying to you know make make uh, samples or or whatnot with Hurtling. And um, again, they must feel the same way. Like you all are super supportive of. Uh, you know, helping local designers and, and all that, which um, having tried to work with some other factories, not um, not necessarily like not necessarily the same um, case. Sometimes it's more just like, oh, you we, like, no, no, you we don't make any more samples for you. You need to like put in a big order mm-hmm. now and, and all that. And with Hurtling, I, I mean, I guess it helps to have that relationship and, and come in. But I mean, I don't know, right. just just like wonderful people to partner with um, as a designer. And so. Uh, I want to, you know, shout out to to you all um, in that respect. As yeah, well. well, thank you, thank you. That is mostly Justin, and and I agree. He he has a he has a wonderful approach when it comes to sort of uh, working with uh, smaller brands, smaller designers, startups, anything like that. At like you said, uh, with with most factories in the New York area, and there's not many of them. Uh, it is a case of you know you have to commit to a certain amount of of a, a large order in order for us to work with you. Uh, with us, it's a little bit different, and and Justin's been very open-minded uh, in that in that regard. Uh, so so I I also think it's great. Uh, it's yeah. something you don't really see <laughs> much these days. Yeah. No, no, I feel like that's like the I don't know. I'm, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's something that just feels like kind of gone the way of maybe, um, I don't know, fast fashion or, or just trying to maybe, I mean, it's also maybe just trying to make a living in, in New York and, and the clothing industry is probably, like you mentioned, kind of cutthroat and very competitive. And um, at some point it's, you know, you, you got to figure out how to pay, pay next month's rent or whatnot. And sometimes the money maybe just kind of blinds the, the fact, I don't know, you it, want to try to establish that. <laughs> tough for garment manufacturers in New York. I'm sure like as we progress in our in our talks we we're definitely sort of get there, but it is it is pretty much because of the the competition we have in in Asia. Mostly in China all these all the garment factories over there have offer great quality and I've had the opportunity to work with uh work with these guys and there's various factories that offer amazing quality at just prices that are so incredibly competitive that, unfortunately, they are somewhat driving uh, New York guys out of business. Uh, so, so it is it is not easy. Uh, hence, you know, there's not a lot of factories left in New York, and uh, you know, there there are certain hurdles uh, that you have to consider when when working with the, with the factories here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a very difficult thing, and it helps to have uh, those, those relationships. And I don't know that that's to, to me one of the great things about working locally with with the factory is having that relationship. And I mean, it's I mean, I, I come from I, I, well, I guess my full time job is also consulting. And um, as you can, I'm in, in a bit, very big global company, and you uh, oftentimes work with people um, not face to face remotely is, I guess what they call it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you work with people from like other side of the world in India who can kind of work when you're sleeping and, and vice versa. And boy, completely, right. I mean, yes, they, they, some, some of them, uh, may have the same skills, uh, or are better than some folks that, uh, I could work with locally and we use them maybe for price reasons, but, um, or cost reasons, but mm-hmm. completely 
completely different um, working environment, working in person with someone and kind of seeing them every day versus, you know, you can only kind of communicate via email or, or maybe a phone call. Just super, super. And that's why I loved working with, with Hurtling, among other reasons, and some other um, places in York. It's just building that relationship, learning in person, seeing things done. I just, I mean, I used to just kind of just hang out at the uh, at the old Hurtling factory when it was a little closer to where I lived in. I, I don't know, just, it, it was you know, establishing um, that relationship and you, know, you get on the same wavelength of what you're trying to accomplish and, and all that. So there's that, I don't know, maybe it's a little hard for me to describe, but I guess there's that intangib- intangibles that, that you build and then you get by working in person with someone. I, I, th- I guess, I mean, I'm sure everyone has maybe some, some uh, example or scenario from their past where, you know, just meeting someone in person and chatting gets, gets the point across and everything's, I don't know, better but it is right um, it is difficult to to say like well i mean i can understand why we work with people um on the other side of the world for for cross reasons but i, I don't know i it's it's just that wonderful it, feeling it, it of does, it does, i i i definitely feel feel what you're saying it's it's definitely that human connection and and you know having the sense of having like a real relationship uh whether it's a factory whether it's a cutter at a factory that can you know throw you some knowledge uh and 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 you might discover it, it's just an entirely different experience and and like you said it is difficult difficult to put into words but it's just it seems more wholesome and and it just seems the right like the right way to do business right yeah when you do it locally and and you benefit uh i i think both sides benefit from that kind of arrangement, much better than like you know, uh, jumping on a call or sending a dozen emails uh, regarding production. It, it it is a little bit uh, different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I guess maybe the word I'm thinking of because I, I think I made a ages ago a, a blog post about this is you know when when you're um, remote and all that everything seems like kind of transactional, whereas uh, when you're together, uh-huh. you almost feel like you're partner and you're working together, like literally working together to to get something done. Whereas the, you know the other way is like like you do this and then they tell me to do this, and it's like very transactional and everything. It's just like uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Different, but yeah, yeah, I don't want to delve too into that. I'm, I'm sure some somebody, hopefully, the audience is already getting the idea and they're probably thinking, <laughs> please stop talking about this. We get it. So I'll, I'll <laughs> shut up now. Um, um, I, I guess go, going back to uh, your, you know, um, customer service and all that, I'm curious, is that something, well, is that something you did a bit um, previously or is this, you know, just based on, you know, being, I guess, of the age where you kind of know what it's like to, or, or should, what it should be like to buy things online and deal with um, a company? Um, or, or did you, you know, have a lot of experience you know, at tip top or, or somewhere else? Uh, well, so, so that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I would say a bit of both. Uh, so my entire, my, my uh, experience with customer service uh, was pretty much shaped by uh, not, not so much tip top. I mean, tip top was my first uh, real job after sort of stepping off the boat uh, into, into New York. Uh, uh, it was it was mostly retail, but then I would venture out uh, after a while, sort of doing uh, doing wholesale. Uh, we had we had supplied uh, various stores in in the city, <clears throat> excuse me, such as B and J, uh, Mood Fabrics, all those like big big retail stores in the city that have been around uh, since since forever, um, and and a lot of tailors, a lot of uh, smaller uh, made to measure companies, so. So I definitely got the idea of what it's like to sort of cultivate that that relationship uh, in terms of wholesale. Um, then uh, after Tip Top, I had the pleasure of working for a company called Angel Bespoke. I think uh, currently they're called 18th Amendment. I'm sure some of our listeners uh, uh, are somewhat familiar with uh, Angel Ramos, uh, his presence on Instagram. Uh, he's very much in the in the custom men's world world, and, uh, and it was a fully custom com- company. Uh, we called ourselves bespoke, but uh, we were uh, we were made to measure. Uh, but it is still it, it it was a 
it was an interesting transition because it's a completely different customer service. You go from wholesale where you sort of arrive with a bag of uh, swatch books and you sort of sit down at this table and go over swatches for hours and just note down amounts and, you know, talk about the quality of the fabric, but it's, you end up with a large order um, to, to a sort of very, very private by appointment uh, kind of situation in a showroom in the city where where you sit with a client and and create a garment from scratch you 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 know you try to establish what kind of what kind of life uh what what kind of business what kind of lifestyle uh the your client uh has and and uh you're you're sort of giving him ideas about what kind of garments he's looking for what kind of style he's looking for and and you're trying to sort of evaluate that person and have this sort of quick conversation with them, and based on that, you're trying to cater to his needs as best as you can. Um, <clears throat> and you're also, excuse me, you're also dealing with a lot of uh, high-profile clients, uh, athletes, uh, the TV personalities, and and, and such. Uh, so, so it really, it really made me realize how important uh, excellence in customer services that the fact that you are in fact creating an experience more than uh more than just you know sitting down and 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 selling a product um so so sort of um sort of taking from both of those experiences uh i i i try to sort of take some of that and apply it to to retail because quite frankly, when it comes to retail, I haven't had much, much hands-on experience. A lot of a lot of people my age, especially, that sort of start out in fashion, it it's almost like a rite of passage that you know they they have to spend some time working in a retail store. Uh, for me, that is something that I've never really had the chance to do. I've always worked either closer to either production or for smaller brands or for, for make and measure brands. So, uh, so I'm just trying to sort of piece that knowledge bit by bit and create, uh, create, uh, like a, like a interesting outlook on customer service and how it's supposed to be done and apply it to Hurtling. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was going to joke that you're also not from New York, so you probably know what like good customer service is. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and so that that is a nice um, place to draw from. And uh, I guess you know it's funny because you mentioned customer experience, um, which I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I my full time job is related to that, so I don't know if that's a word that normal normal lay people use. Um, but uh -huh. that's a term that. Sorry, uh, that. Sorry, that's a term that we use quite a bit in our job. In I don't know, as I'm also a consultant, uh, but a big I don't know corporate type. And uh, right, I, I find it fascinating because that's exactly what they would stress. You know, the the customer's experience and the customer's journey, and you know, all their little interaction points. Are they, um, you know, are they helping or hurting the the experience? And um, because because I guess there's always that uh, idealism or optimism. Like every little interaction can make that a big difference. Um, so you strive for excellence, excellence, uh, in each of those places, whether it's the online website or the Instagram or however they find the brand to the, the searching and adding in the cart to the checkout process, if that's easy or not to, you know, if they have questions, is it easy to, um, you know, get answers to that or, you know, yada, yada, or, you know, maybe at least for me personally, I feel like Sometimes it's oh, just too many pop-ups and I don't even want to check out because it's just too annoying to click X on every little thing that shows up. So um, I, I think that's an interesting I don't know, phrase. That, I don't know if that's like a standard phrase, but um, for me, it seems like that's one of those terms that we use at work. And oh, quite quite nice, quite like the fact that you used it your, um, yourself because I think that um, is a good way to look at the customer um, experience. Um, so, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's bleeding. Like it, it made its way into different businesses, uh, because it, it, it does sort of summarize what, what you're trying to achieve with, with customer service. You're, you're creating the whole experience. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it is the little things. The, the word itself might, might be a little, a little dry, a little standardized, and, and kind of lost its meaning these days. Much like bespoke. 
is is uh, sort of overused. Everything is bespoke these days, and yes, I've heard and, bespoke you know, sandwiches before. Which yeah, I, I listen, yeah. I I I think I was on Squarespace the other day, and and I heard something about bespoke terrazzo, like stone <laughs> making, and I was just like, really, guys, really. Um, so it is it is definitely a little overused, uh, I'd say, but. Uh, but yeah, behind the term, it, it is it is a game of details. It is a game of like making you know, uh, as 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 it is said, uh, what is it? Dotting dot, dotting the i's and crossing the t's. Um, uh, I took my time there not to mix those two. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> but you know, I, so. I, uh, well, oh yeah, please, please continue. Well, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I was letting you uh, chat about this. I, I, I didn't know if you needed a catch. I wanted to let you catch a catch a breath. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I guess, I, 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 did, I mean, when I originally asked the question of what was your, was it your what was your experience in in this, I didn't mean to put you on the spot necessarily because even for me as a professional corporate consultant, I mean, I'm practically learning about how to do what I need to do as I do it. So um, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to, you know, put, put you on the spot there, but um, it, it is, I don't know. I, th- I think there's a lot of um, learning that you do on the job. And, and as we mentioned, Hurtling is kind of a you know special um, brand with really strong following, um, you know, coming in, coming in in a strange position because, you know, it didn't really have its own brand before, and now it does, and and it's just doing all. So it isn't starting um, as in a position that many other clothing brands might be in. So everything's a little different, and you got to I don't know look at it from um, Hurtling's point of view, which is a little different point of view. So uh, I, again, I just didn't I didn't mean to put you on the spot. If sorry, if, if no, not no, like that, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> um, but I, I, I guess. Are there any, I don't know, is, can you like, I don't know, hint at any, um, I don't know, like, well, I don't know. Are there, are there any, like, I, I know you're probably, um, trying to fix the things that are in motion. Maybe there is like existing customer emails and, and issues and, and all that, you know, you want to fix all that, but I, I'm kind of curious, like Justin always has what to me always seem like big plans. Like, Oh, that, that would like, that would be different. That's a great idea. Uh, can't wait mm-hmm. for that. I'm curious. Are there any I don't know projects in the works? I'm not. I'm not sure if that's like something you can even talk about um, or or whatnot. And, or and maybe Justin's used to just working by himself, so he just keeps it all in his head. But I, I'm kind of curious. Like uh, I don't know. Can can should customers expect anything different um, from uh, or like different services or, or products or I, I don't know, like a, I don't know, different website or anything? I don't know. Is, is there any like projects? being worked on i'm not really sure if that oh definitely definitely it's listen we're working around the clock and uh some from some of the stuff that i can share that that has us incredibly excited it's it's definitely the brand uh the sub brand uh which is brooklyn britches um so so we hurtling was focused on very dressy styles and very uh very sort of um um i would say type I, yeah, I would say like our vision uh, sort of fell somewhere between Brooks Brothers back in the gold gold days, uh, and and Ralph Lauren. Uh, so so a lot of a lot of sort of conservative cuts, I would say, and interesting fabrics, but uh, but we never really ventured out into into uh, workwear or any workwear related uh, yeah. products. And with Brooklyn Bridges, we're sort of trying to explore that. Uh, so, so we started, we started, I would say gently with like chinos and, and styles that in, in a little in like heftier and heavier fabrics. Uh, but I think, I think we're we're discussing with Justin that, uh, starting next year, we should, uh, we should be able to, uh, work on limited runs of, of interesting products. Uh, so. So more workwear inspired uh, stuff. I would. Uh, I was thinking about uh, fatigue trousers. Uh, some of our listeners may, may know. Uh, like, there's a there's a big uh, sort of big boom when it comes to workwear uh, that's uh, military. 
So uh, any any kind of OG 107 trousers and wider cuts and and with like uh, authentic details, uh, wh- whether it's the the fabric, uh, the the way it feels, the the weight of it, uh, uh, whether it's the cut, which is uh, as I said, much wider, and and it seems that uh, every, you know sort of menswear is little by little abandoning the slim fit that we've had for the past 10 or 15 years. Um, so, so we're exploring different ideas, but we want to, we want to really sort of um, increase, crank up the, the workwear part uh, when it comes to Brooklyn britches. We, we really want to follow that. And, and there seems to be a lot of interest uh, when it comes to, well, masks are became a, a big part of our offering in 2020. And uh, as as I'm sure some of the listeners uh, who are familiar with Hurtling and, and saw our website, follow our website or newsletter, uh, there's we're we're constantly trying to add new styles and and like let's say this winter we've we've been focusing on flannel and tweed masks. Uh, so so that's something that's definitely here to stay. Uh, when it comes to other big projects. Uh, I mean, we're still trying to perfect the, our business model and our sales model. Uh, so we're at this point, we're basing a lot of a lot of our offerings on a, a pre-order model. Uh, we're sort of trying that out, see, seeing how it works. Uh, we're also thinking about creating limited runs of product. Um, but but yeah. I mean, we're still definitely in like the trial and error uh, uh, period when it comes to our production. So, so there's definitely going to be a lot of a lot of new stuff coming up. Uh, I just I just can't share exactly all the details, and uh, you know, but there, there's a lot. No, that, I mean that's wonderful. That's more than I thought um, you were you were going to be able to share. So that's that's cool because. Um, funny enough, you mentioned Brooklyn Bridges, and you even mentioned it in the intro. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's been so long since I heard of that. I kind of forgot about that from from Erling. So it's interesting that um, that I guess sub brand, uh, as you called it, is I don't know going to get some airtime. Is is going to get like a bit of I don't know. At least for me, it seems a revival because I honestly um, haven't seen one of those in quite some time. And maybe it's just because I popped in at the wrong time. Um, but that, that's mm-hmm. nice to hear because uh, even with my own designs, people ask me like, "Oh, can you can like are you gonna make something like more more casual?" And pe- people, I guess, you know, feel there's more comfort uh, around you know getting a I don't know casual casual clothes and and whatnot these days. And I don't know, I no, guess people are also home yeah. all the time, so maybe they don't necessarily need to be dressed up if you're working from home uh, to do you know COVID and all that. So um, that, that's that's nice to hear, really. Really uh, glad that you shared it. So hopefully the viewers or us or listeners and um, I don't know get there, get interested and check things out um, in Hurtling next year. So yeah, yeah, I definitely I I see a lot of like a lot of interest in in workwear and a lot of companies kind of working that in that direction. So so I think I think we should definitely pursue that and and I think you you guys are going to see a lot of exciting stuff in 2021 from us that's workwear related. And I guess I'm curious because I would love to know this myself. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can tell because you have an existing business and you can see kind of um, what is being ordered and, and what other brands are, you know, ordering from Hurtling. But how, how, I mean, how, I mean, but you know, you can factor that in. How, how do you, I don't know, how do you gauge where the, you know, where the trend, where the trends are, what what styles are becoming, you know, popular and all that? I mean, is it you mentioned social media as part of your title. Is that something? Okay, I'm, I'm curious because I'd love to know myself. Like, what do you use to kind of gauge what's going on in in um, in the market? Right. Uh, that is that is a great question. Uh, or, or, you know, so that could I'm... be proprietary secret. So, I mean, feel free to say <laughs> you can't divulge that. But I, I would love to know myself. <laughs> well, I can't share what I use for hurdling, but I can tell you what I use. Uh, myself, because for for just out of my my own curiosity, because once you're down the go down the rabbit hole, uh, when it comes to menswear, you're you're not getting out. Um, so so I am unfortunately uh, 
somewhat addicted to to going through social media, and that's mostly Instagram, which seems to be the the place for menswear these days. Um, so that's where most of my most of my uh, research comes from. Uh, as much as as much as it would be easier to just follow the big brands, um, the reality of it is that all the big brands and the, they just you know maybe because they're maybe because they're so large they are also slow and they're pretty slow to adapt any changes it 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 takes them a couple of seasons to sort of try out an idea and they sort of approach it softly first they they try to like incorporate uh, uh new elements into the design but they don't really always go all the way because that's a little bit too risky uh in terms of whether the product will sell, it will, it will find some some uh, interest interest out there. Um, but Instagram, there's a lot of great people that uh, are either bloggers or or somehow they either work in the business or or are just enthusiasts and. Uh, and following them is just it's just a great opportunity to kind of get the idea of what's out there, what's new, what what new like combinations. And and I'm sure you're aware in menswear we have sort of uh, seasonal items and and seasonal trends. Um, you know, certain garments are sort of um, going through a renaissance uh, for for a few months, and then and then they just you know, people just lose interest in them and, and they become so common and and eventually they find their way into like uh larger brands. You know, so for example, <clears throat> excuse me, we had uh we had the jungle jacket, the slanted field jacket uh that originated in during like the Vietnam War. Uh that was a garment that, that sort of surfaced I'd say about half a year ago, maybe a year ago, and everybody was just crazy about the jungle jacket. And and right now you can, I think last season you could find uh, a take on on that on that idea at Uniqlo or H and M or any of those like really really big brands. Um, same with same with you know Gurkha trousers used to be a thing uh, the the US, I mean, US I the, the U, yeah the UK military uh, trouser with the incredibly high waist and incredibly elaborate buckle and button system uh, which is which is really cool it's a cool cut but it's just it was something that was so fresh and so new that uh, it, it went through it went we went through a Gurkha craze for sure uh, a couple of years ago. And now, and now, I feel like a lot of brands have Gurkhas as a as a part of their offering, and 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 it's not such a hot item anymore. So, <laughs> putting so, it lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was considering making myself a pair of Gurkhas, and and somehow I I think I made it past the point. I kind of slept past the point where it was everybody had was was trying to get one. And and when I had the opportunity to make myself Gurkhas, it, it was just I, I I I was seeing Gurkhas everywhere. So I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just pass. Let's look at the what the <laughs> next next super popular thing is because yeah, it was it was just too many of them. They were too common at that point. Yeah, I, mean, well, I guess that's. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like Anthony, the, the cutter. Every time I, I go in, he always says, "Oh, things come and go back in style." In his Brooklyn accent, and, and mm-hmm. it, it must be interesting to to you know for him seeing like how menswear is really. I don't know. There's a lot of um, uh, looking back towards the past and what used to be interesting. You know, four decades ago is you know, occasionally gets brought back to life uh, once in a while. So. You know, I I think like those seventy. I don't know, like sort somewhat. I don't want to say like like real seventies seventies trousers, but uh-huh. I mean there are aspects of it that were, um, I don't know, seemed to us like semi resurgence and and all that. And, and so Absolutely. it was just it, it was interesting. We, we see a lot of stuff from the seventies coming back, and I agree with you there. It's not seventies seventies. We're not going to see those ridiculously long uh, shirt collars anymore. We're not going to you know it, it's not going to be Saturday Night Fever again with the polyester shirts. But there's definitely some like design details and some cuts here and there that are very 1970s. Right, and and with I mean I don't know with, 
with with Hurtling's um paper patterns that I've I mean, you've seen strewn all over the place. Boy, there must be some you know really old ones there. If only they were cataloged that you know you could like mm-hmm. say authentic you know nineteen you know sixties trouser pattern like that's I'm sure in some uh, back closet somewhere. So I um, wish I wish we had a catalog like someday when I'm when I'm have when I'm gonna have a slow day at the at the office. I'm just going to start going through those because I think maybe, I mean, the factory has been moved, I believe, a couple of times. Uh, so I'm sure some of this stuff just kind of got lost in the sands of history. Um, but but I, I think, yeah, I think you, you just gave me a great idea because we might have some incredible patterns and incredible sort of ar- archives, uh, yeah. no, I, I you mean, know, lying here and there. Yeah, I, I think I saw there was a um, a coat pattern, that, and Hurtling hasn't made coats in decades, so there was a coat pattern laying around and, and all that, which anti-image, like, oh yeah, that's from, you know, like 1980s or something, so, or, or whatever. It, it was it was wild, so yeah, definitely take, take a look. I mean, you know, who knows? That, I mean, I guess Hurtling is almost like a, I don't know, to, to me it's like a historical uh, company at some point, like, you gotta, there'll be like a, I don't know, museum of Hurtling, Hurtling things, so... Oh, we're worth checking in. Um, but I guess, you know, we're, we're running close to 45 minutes. And I guess I'll just maybe have one one more question, which has a couple of sub-questions. And um, I don't know, maybe we can just wrap it up after that. How does that sound? Sounds good. Fire away. Okay. Well, uh, I know you've been doing this um, uh, customer service or customer support at Hurtling. I'm kind of curious. Uh Maybe you could share what are like the top, I don't know, are there like a top three most asked questions for you? And that way you can, you know, broadcast what the answers are and for, for the listeners, hopefully they'll, I don't know, get, get the information that so many other people want from you. Is that, I'm, I'm, is that, does that, does that question even make sense? I'm, I'm I don't know. Does it, it, it does make sense, but it, it, it kind of puts me on the spot, honestly. Oh. Uh, well, well, I mean, I mean, I, it, it, Hard to, it's hard to, but, but, uh, well, what but about it's a good, number one good question. Most no, question. No. Is there one, like, what is the measurement for like this thigh? I don't know. Is there like, what do people ask? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Or, or well, you know. we, we do get, we, we do get a lot of questions that, uh, regarding our fit because we, we are constantly sort of changing and adjusting our fits. Uh, so we have, uh, hurtling trousers that are currently, uh, made in two fits. It's, uh, tapered and relaxed. We used to have a straight fit that was somewhere in the middle. Uh, but a lot of questions are regarding the, you know, the, the very details of this fit. So how high is the rise? How roomy is the tie? And what are the exact measurements? And, and uh, you know, I, I can't blame folks. It's something I do uh, when I shop online. You want to get the, the, most pre- the most precise measurements to get, like, a very very close idea of what what you're what you're getting and how is it going to fit. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there like me that when you know when they they've shopped online and did some custom, uh, let's say trousers, and and they just know their measurements by heart. Like they know what works. They know if you add half an inch over there, you're getting a pretty wide fit. If you take half an inch, you're getting like a really tapered fit. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, uh, in regards to fits and measurements in Brooklyn Bridges, we have one fit that is, uh, uh, sometimes maybe somewhat confusing, but, uh, as, as, uh, to, to be completely honest, it's fairly simple. It's, it's our tapered fit from the hurtling trousers, which is fairly trim, but we've decided to increase the rise by an inch. So it's a, it's a natural rise that sort of rests just below the belly button. Um, something, you know, it's, it's something that's hard to get these days because we, most brands, uh, sort of cater to that, uh, to, uh, low rise trousers. They prefer to, to make low rise trousers. Um, and, and we have a roomier, uh, overall fit in the thigh and in the knee with, with still with that nice clean taper in the, when it comes to the leg opening. Um. So I think Brooklyn Bridges, it's it's like a it's 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 more of a classic fit, um, with still like some modern <clears throat> excuse me elements incorporated into it. Um, 
So a lot of questions, yeah, like I said, a lot of questions about the fit, uh, a lot of questions about our pre-orders uh, in terms of, you know, how long does the pre-order take? And, and right now those pre-orders are, uh, we, we uh, ship within uh, four weeks. Um, what else? Um, let me think. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. There's, there's, a, there's some questions about masks. Like, especially initially, we offered masks in two styles. Uh, we had elastic ear loops and, and tie straps. Uh, so the, the only difference uh, would be, well, as, as the name suggests, you, you, with the tie straps, you tie them at the back of your head. So they are a little bit more comfortable because in the long run because they don't involve, you know, having the, the mask rest on your ears, which with er elastic ear loops can be, you know, after a few hours, if you're, if you're in a position where you have to wear a mask for a really long time, uh, then, then tie straps might be the more comfortable option. Uh, with with elastic ear loops, it's it's something that's uh, far more convenient in terms of getting the masks on and off because you can always sort of slide it under your chin and then it just springs with with like one touch it just springs back on your face. Um, but you know at at this point, uh, uh, most of our customers are pretty familiar with uh, how the masks work and how they feel. We also had a contour style which is made from two pieces and it's especially inc incredibly comfortable for uh, people that wear glasses because it, it sort of, it, it has a, it has a more uh, complex profile. So it fits the face a little bit better than, you know, just a flat mask that has pleats and expands over the, over the face. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, Cool. Well, that, I mean, that's a good that's a good sampling. And I hope you know. I also, I guess, I was hoping that by sharing it, maybe you'd get fewer fewer questions about those. But you know, we'll, <laughs> I don't know. If I have that many viewers, but um, I'm I'm always optimistic. <laughs> right. Right. So okay. Well, I mean, I think that's. I, don't know, I know you you've got something coming up, so I don't want to uh, keep you too long. But um, appreciate you know your time. I think. Um, it was really, really insightful. It's been a pleasure. So cool. So, but it, it's been it's been really fun to share, and uh, I'm hoping we can continue this. Uh, I will be in touch with you because we have we have uh, the holidays coming up. Um, so I'll I'll be in touch uh, to schedule another 45 minutes. Sure, sounds perfect. Well, appreciate everything um, and your time, Mac. Um, so nice to connect with you again and. Um, of course. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, hopefully we haven't bored our uh, our viewers to death yet. Hopefully they're still they they're, they're still down for more. Yeah, hopefully not because you are the second. Um, you're the you're the first. You're the second guest I've had, and the first one has, um, you know, already done eight episodes. So hopefully you have been a breath of fresh air. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> all right, much appreciated. Okay, all right, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thanks, and happy holidays. Uh, you're welcome. Likewise. See ya. All right, bye.